Welcome to Design Thinking Games, a fantasy and user experience podcast. Each episode, your podcast hosts, Tim Broadwater and Michael Schofield, will examine the player experience of board games, pen and paper role-playing games, live action games, mobile games, and video games. You can find every episode, including this one, on your podcatcher of choice and on the web at designthinkinggames.com. So, this is the only time it happens this year. We're talking about Friday the 13th? Correct. My favorite holiday. (laughs) And... Also a floating holiday. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even get it a year. And then sometimes you get it only once or sometimes you get it two or three times. So being topical, um, one of the things for Friday the 13th um, that I like is like scary movies and being scared and, you know, kind of I'm that type of person. I, I find that there are very few people that like horror out there mm-hmm. or like being scared. What about you? Oh, yeah. I mean... It may be that I surround myself with people who think the way I think. I, It's probably true that, I mean, it's factually true. Comedy performs way better at the box office than horror. But I got to tell you, the people I talk to, we are horror people. Even my daughter, who is 10, she and I are watching the new It movies, chapters uh, one, and we're partway through chapter two as well. We just watched um, earlier this year The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. Um, she's seen Pet Cemetery, the original one, uh, awesome. etc. And at age 10, these are questionable parenting choices, but these oh, no, no, are no, excellent. Not no judgment. I actually, one of my best memories as a kid is um, my dad had to work. A Thanksgiving one time and so we didn't have like a Thanksgiving dinner which sucked but he got paid like two and a half times or, yeah, or you know whatever it's fine <laughs> yeah exactly not the end of the world my mom took us out to the theater to see this child's play or the second child's play um, oh awesome the Chucky film so no I I've watched horror since I was a kid I think it's I think it's weird and we can have a whole other conversation about like why in our country we want to hide people from horror or gore or whatever people are jump scaring or whatever but but we want to protect people from like like sex or sex is okay but horror is not okay you know it just seems like a weird landscape out there um so no judgment on my part but i guess so you're a horror person i'm a horror person um our last 13 episodes half the games we talked about were somewhere in this category like disturbing or horror or yeah, like yeah, ul- um, ultra tense ghosts, phantasmagoria, call of Cthulhu, uh, the man of uh, Madan or Milan. Exactly. Or, yeah, we've, you know, our, if we were to go back through all the transcripts and, you know, pull out the unique games we talked about. This is definitely a trend. This is what we do. Not only is it interesting though, but I think one of the, cool things about capital H horror as a genre, which of course can be subdivided into gajillions of different facets. Mm -hmm. What's really neat about horror in games is that to give you, 
to give you a sense of helplessness, to give you a sense of real danger. Um, yeah. They have to get pretty creative with the mechanics. And you you can actually think of this. I It just occur, occurred to me that on, on the other hand, most of the games out there are really about empowering you, right? Putting you into the shoes of someone badass or, you know, giving you the high, like highly dexterous controls to really take advantage of your badass twitch reflexes, even in games that don't have a narrative. But horror is about putting you on your back foot and oh it's the helplessness right it's like the exact opposite not empowering you but making you to some degree it's making you feel restricted or limited or that you know and there are definitely mechanics that that lend to that that are like jump scares or lighting or music in games or you know there's um, different uh, metrics that can be used like I remember, um, I know this is popular in like the Call of Cthulhu games, but it also like one of my favorite movie franchises is John Carpenter's The Thing. I love the movie with um, where it's the alien that kind of can yeah, this assimilate people and horrific Lovecraftian alien creature. Yeah, exactly. And then it has a prequel to it, which is a movie that came out like X amount of years ago, but it's more recent. But most people don't know that there is actually a sequel to the original one, which was in a video game, which was written by John Carpenter and had the same actors and voices and stuff. What? Um, and really? Yeah. And it's a canon. It's called The Thing. It's It came out for PlayStation 2, I believe, no or way. 3. No way. Yeah. But anyways, like you had a sanity meter in that game. I mean, like literally when you were exposed too much of crazy or too many crazy things happened, like, you know, that happened. But then like every other game, you had a health meter. So if that goes down, if sanity goes down, you go crazy. If health goes down, you die. But there was also a cold or temperature meter because you were um, in the Antarctic yeah. or wherever that Arctic was in the movie. And so, dude, that game was difficult because like you had, I can't get too cold. I can't. Um, be exposed to too much crazy so it, it limits uh, it makes me hesitant to walk around and explore but you know so what happened when you got a little crazy because there there are certain games where you know if your sanity meter gets to zero you die or in call of cthulhu the tabletop games when your sanity drops to a certain point which may be zero your character you forfeit like you you're out your character becomes an npc yeah, correct. Um, Call of Cthulhu, which I hate the role playing game, but, but <laughs> no. I love the video. But I love the video games, is because um, and maybe it was just a bad experience with it. But you are correct. Like sanity is a giant issue, and it has that that whole um, phantasmagoria kind of. I think is the the punishment right so like when your sanity goes it's like am i crazy am i do i know what reality is do i know what, can i tell the difference between what's real and fantasy and it i like that that's to me is very silent yeah. hill yeah that is exactly what silent hill is to which it's like phantasmagoria you don't know if this is a dream or reality or you're crazy and and i think in those games when you lose your sanity it's just like you lose control of your your character or like you do something crazy or you killed some your friend because you thought they were a monster right, or like right. whatever. Oh, that's an excellent mechanic there where um where yeah, you like in game design you could literally skin a colleague or a friend as some evil creature trying to get to you. They do this in movies too where oh mm -hmm. my gosh, somebody is trying to 
um, you know, shake you awake or something like that. And you look, you open your eyes, they're a vampire or something. And only when they're dead, bleeding on the floor, do you realize that they were really, you know, your long lost sister <laughs> or whatever. Oh my God. Love it. Yeah. And it gets even worse if you saw Annabelle, then I'm not going to even tell you yeah. what that is. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that's like that sanity metric. But then there's also things that are like, I think music, and this is horrible. You know, right. I understand that there are deaf people in the world, and I understand there are people with visual acuity, kind of, you know, accessibility issues. And so you can, lighting and music is also two big things that are used um, sometimes. But I almost feel like those could be chucked to the left or right for the accessibility reason. So, um, but I've played some great games that toy with lighting. Back on the Wii, there was a game called Lit to where you had to negotiate your way through a high school, but you can never step in the shadow. And that thing to where you found like, oh no, my, my flashlight's running on a battery, or like, I need to turn on this switch to turn on the lamp on a desk, but I can't get across the room. Um, I'm going to have to knock a hole in the wall to make light to walk through, you know? Um, yeah. That was, that's, you know, that was scary creepy and the music too like with it made it really creepy all right so you hit on like uh three different things um i want to rotate back and talk just about like sanity as a mechanic um and then the next thing i want to follow up with is um this idea this kind of like mechanic of ultra limited resources um resident evil for instance has you know you know, you have like five bullets the entire game or something like that, you know, so they're yeah. really hard to come by. But specifically things like lit where your battery runs out or um, outlast where you are oh, yeah. using a camcorder and your battery runs out. So I want to kind of like rotate back to um, and on top of that resources you, as. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in outlast, you cannot also fight back. Oh, either. that's a big one as well. Yeah, correct. So back to sanity real quick. So the, the, the interesting thing about like sanity as a mechanic is that um, sometimes it's done poorly. And I, at some point, I'd love to hear like what about your experience with Call of Cthulhu, the role playing game, soured it for you. <laughs> but maybe that's a different time. That's a bad GM. OK, I think kind of conversation, you know, so well, I mean, not like a, that's a, big, not a game mechanic. That's a big yeah. part there, too. But I think the sanity mechanic of Call of Cthulhu isn't great for it being as central as it is. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, the idea is that you, your character, um, based off, uh, it's actually like a cumulative value from different um, attributes your character has, strength, charisma. I think I'm actually rattling off Dungeons & Dragons attributes, but Call of Cthulhu <laughs> has very similar <laughs> ones, right? Um, I think power. all games yeah. do to some degree. But you have a sanity metric between like 0 and 100. And, and in Call of Cthulhu, when you roll yeah. a die, you're not trying to beat a score, you're trying to come under a score. So if you have a difficulty of 60 um, on a scale of 100, you roll the die and it comes up 59 or less, you have succeeded. So mm-hmm. um, insanity is the same thing. Your GM is going to make you roll for sanity whenever you encounter like a Lovecraftian horror. You turn the corner and the shadow, the coat rack there actually moves to come get you. Bam, roll sanity. Yeah. The, the, the penalty for failing 
is I think kind of stupid, but it's also interesting in that. What's, oh, what's the penalty? It um, depends. Just remind me. Yeah. So if for, if for like Cthulhu, I guess. Yeah. So so very simple, like low level. I don't know if that's the right word, but like a minor sanity rules where you where you miss by two or three. Sometimes the penalty is just reducing your sanity score. Remember, once you get to zero, you you effectively lose. You are insane. Part of the so your sixty goes down to like forty or fifty or yeah, something. it's even like you know five points. Sixty goes down to fifty nine. So you don't really even feel it at, at certain points. Um, but the other, if you if you have what I think is called like an extreme failure, um, you accrue some kind of madness. And there's like madness tables, and maybe every time you walk, every time you cross a mirror, you have to stand and stare. Um, and maybe that runs the risk of seeing something else in there. There's some really good yeah. roleplay mechanics, but it really relies on the DM to like be good at it. Um, yeah. What I like about that is that the thing is, is like you have some onus to some degree. Like, do you want to look at the the worms or do you want to look in the haunted yes. mirror? You know. <laughs> so that's the the selling point, right? I yeah. guess like when you were saying like the bad, like to me, and this is just my thought, the inverse of that is when like, I'm just going to encounter X things in environment that I'm currently in. And those things are just going to drop my score, you know? Totally. They're, I mean, that's what that happens. so mechanical, you know, as opposed to like, well, what's the. The Call of Cthulhu scenarios are like that. It's like, oh, you open the door, roll sanity. And, you know, you have to have like, you know, just being able to pick up the book and play means that you're going to like have your first experience, you know, playing with a GM, maybe who hasn't done it a few, uh, like too often. And which is, which is, I think, uh, a common experience with like call of Cthulhu. Um, I don't know that a lot of people do like huge long-term campaigns in this, um, world. Oh, no, no, the game is very much like more. You're court. supposed to like it, pick it, it you're up. Supposed yeah. to die and you're and supposed to die, but like everything like, Oh, open the door sanity. And it just becomes a, um, a chore, right? Like it uh, is. So it's it is. something like that. But there's. So for me, uh, just to speak to that really quick, like most people I find as a game master or GM or a dungeon master, DM or whatever, um, storyteller, or as it was in Dungeons and Dragons original um, referee. Um, no, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, the very original version of Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's called a referee. So. The referee. Boy, that um, that doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> no, no, but uh, but essentially, to what you're saying there is that, um, uh, I guess you know, I I I'm completely lost what we were talking about. I'm sorry. You've just rolled. You failed your sanity score. I failed. I rolled a one. <laughs> Crit failed. <laughs> oh yeah. What what I was gonna say is like uh, generally. And I'm sorry, I just thought of it, but like generally people I find in tabletop role-playing games want to keep their characters and grow them and grow their experience. Yeah. So so playing games like Morkborg or, um, I mean, Call of Cthulhu definitely, but to a lesser extent, some of the White Wolf games is like sure. your character can't really survive. I mean, your character's kind of cursed or limited and it's just so difficult mm -hmm. and sanity being a metric or, or whatever. But it's supposed to chip away at like the longevity of your character ultimately, where it's not like like sanity is like a role playing mechanic. Super interesting. But in these games, you're right. They use sanity as a way to um, get you closer to game over. I think. Yeah. And the other thing you were talking about is like um, the resources. Right. So this is a reason why I think people love 
you have two type of Resident Evil players, right? Like I think old school and like new school. Yeah. And like the people who want the scare or people who want the scare, but then also some of that terror comes from resource management. Um, which is how many bullets do I have? Do I find the gun? Am I conserving my shotgun cells? Can I run around the zombies? Do you have a flashlight? Exactly. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of scary. You know, when now when you're in Outlast and you're out of batteries for your camera and uh, or your flashlight or whatever, I think it's a camera that has a light on it. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a, like a mid 2000s um, like handheld like camcorder right and you and you flip yeah. open the screen and you can look through it in night vision which is makes it even scarier right because it's got that right. green hue yeah and if you're out of batteries you're in the dark now you can get really close to something like you would mm-hmm. when you're in the freaking dark you know and like have to feel <laughs> oh that's a stove oh that's a bed this is a wall so you can run around without the resources but you are doing it so encumbered or like it's such a reduced visibility that you have to crawl the wall um, because and that's the only way you have to kind of feel yourself around the other thing that's really interesting about like a mechanic like that right which forces you to go slow because going fast would run you into an opponent or something is that it lets the it frankly lets the level not be too big right and like in passing a level still might take you know one or two two hours um did you ever play the thief games uh late 90s early 2000s pc games i know i have you, not uh in thief thief is uh so we have the term first person shooter so thief was a first person sneaker and i like to think although i i believe there are many different um people in this uh lineage uh or lineage but things like splinter cell etc really inherited a lot of the shadow mechanics from thief i actually think metal gear solid predated it um but it's one of those things where um you're a thief in kind of like a medieval city called the city uh and you are not a fighter you can fight one or two people but if you come up against like a cluster of guards you're toast you got to run away you're built for speed and liveness and you're just in you know kind of like a roguelike cloak and you stick to the shadows and it had a light mechanic and you walk around to the dark. This isn't a, this isn't a thief talk, but um, one of the things about this kind of a mechanic, like staying in the darkness because the dark is safe um, or playing with light in some games, like, you know, stay in the light because the light is safe. Uh, like mm-hmm. um, lit, like lit, lit. Is game. exactly. Um, is that it forces you to take, the level slowly and it can take forever and what that actually does i think uh you know dishonored does this right um uh, i don't know if you've played any of the dishonored games they're made by many of the folks who came from thief's looking glass studios and it's Mm. sort of like the spiritual successor so in the dishonored games or in thief you you have to take your time navigating the level and in so doing, it forces you to really invest yourself in the level. When you're waiting for, like an outlast, when you're waiting for someone in the asylum to finish their pre-programmed patrol, right, or something like that, you have to kind of like, you know, wait on the edges of a hallway and just watch the flickering light in the distance mm-hmm. to see someone pass so you can time your movement. Yeah. Ultimately, this level isn't super big. 
but because of the pacing, it feels huge, unending. Yeah. And because you're taking it slow, you see every single chip in the paint or flicker of the light, and it really works on your mind. Yeah, so I think you, you made a good point there because there's two things, and it's kind of like visibility, you know, I would say to some degree, and the resource management of it, like if it's, but also pacing, like it slows you down and puts you into that creep. There's also the exact opposite, which is you are like zombies ate my neighbors, where it's like, dude, it is constant pressure. It is on the, it's the exact opposite. Um, So the pacing is forced upon you from time and monsters and you're running around. And it's also like resource management. You're, you're literally trying to run around and get as many missiles and guns and weed eaters and like anything you can use to fight off anything that's going to come at you and everything that's going to come at you. And it is, you are not going to, the game is notoriously difficult. It is to beat it's really just like a there's timers on each levels as well um and then uh you know at some point you're you're never gonna make it it's like it's like how long can you last because they're pressure pressure pressuring you dead rising yeah so you know there, there are games that are similar dead rising has like a a total timer it's not per level but you have i think something like 72 hours and then and then you're toast right like uh, everything oh, wow um, and so, but in this game, like Dead Rising is semi-comical. And so the idea is that you're, you are resource limited, but you also have plenty of opportunities to like replenish. And the real danger of something like a Dead Rising is the horde. Like one zombie, two zombies, heck, 10 zombies, not a whole lot, but 20 zombies, 30 zombies getting from one side of the mall to the other, you're toast. And that's kind of an interesting thing too. It's funny because I think of like Dead Rising and I don't actually think, oh my God, my Slack notifications went off. But when I think of Dead Rising, I don't really think of it as like a horror game. But the reality is that uh, you have the time, you have, you have, you have all, of the, all of the mechanics there to make it spooky. A, you have a monster. B, you have a pacing element. And, you know, the stakes are big. You're going to die or in like Dead Rising 2, your daughter is going to die. Because spoiler, spoiler for a game that came out, you know, 11 years ago. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) But like Dead Rising 2, your daughter is infected and you can hold off the zombie, uh, the zombie virus, provided that you have one of these vaccinations. But those wear off, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. they have the zombie Delta variant (laughs) or something like that. You know, Um, uh, that's a pandemic joke. Um, (laughs) but, uh, um, but that's one of the, that's one of the things that are at stake too. And there are very Mm -hmm. few of those vaccines, but as, but with resident evil, like specifically the early ones, PS2 era, you move like, like a snail, like the monsters are faster than you have like almost zero ammunition. It's super dark. Um, and and the cameras suck <laughs> and so even like kind of like these like a like the constraints of like the game and the controls make you feel um like you're on death's door at every corner and kind of circling back to one of the things that i think we both kind of mentioned at some points sound 
I think there's a two-piecer to sound, right? One part of it is the jump scare, right? Where it's just like you're going along and it's like, eh. Oh, my God, In yeah. addition to, to doing something for you. And the music escalates that, right? It's the same in horror games as it is in horror movies to where it's just like keep you very silent walking around. Are you here is dripping water yeah. and your footsteps? And then essentially then something pops out, makes a loud and that scares you. But then there's also the sound piece, which is like you can't put off sound or, you know, you can't make too much sound or... Or there's asynchronous horror games to where if you make too much sound, like the killer or the monster, um, will f- will find you, right? I love it, yeah. And then like the whole horde thing you were talking about, like this unstoppable force. You know, I feel like it's there are games that have this unstoppable force element. Like this is going to happen eventually, or or it's forthcoming, or it's a timer. Yeah, or it's either something is going to happen. Yeah, you know? and it's either like many, many, many monsters, or you know, you come face to face with. Dracula in the old Sherlock Holmes Dracula games, like Dracula's gonna whoop you. Like um, there's a, or that's that's like Fury of Dracula too. Like Dracula is way more powerful. You can't win. You encounter a Lovecraftian horror in Call of Cthulhu. Say goodbye, dude. Right? You know. So part of it. Oh, that's a great mechanic too. Like part of that is not drawing attention to yourself. Um, like you don't run the around and thing. yeah, mm-hmm. you don't run around in Outlast because those little. Those guys will hear you, right? Um, yeah. It's, yeah. The, to me, Outlast is very, and I'm talking about, I'm a fan of Outlast and the prequel Whistleblower. I'm, I, although I liked two, I, I'm not a, it's, it's, I, in my opinion, it, it wasn't as good as the first one. What do you, uh, what do you think the differentiators were? Why, why was the first one so good? And what, what, what about the, the second first one, one? Like you're trying to survive and run away and creep around like mm-hmm. this mental hospital where you find out like things have been going on, like experiments. And then you find out that's even more. You're right? a journalist, right? And you're creeping into a, who gets called in. Yeah. Yes. On an investigation. And you're, you're just trying to get out. You know what I mean? Um, the second one is like it goes a little like okay crazy Appalachia country cult town you know version and you're trying to survive and you don't you're trying to find out what's going on and it has loose relationships to some of the things you find out in the first one but mm. it's kind of just like and it's like I don't I don't need to play you know um what is that uh the movie about the inbred hick monsters deliverance that well, no, no. Oh, no. Like, oh, yeah, no. So was um, like, the Hills Have Eyes? It's kind of along that vibe. Disturbance, yeah. maybe, or the one like, oh, Wrong Turn. Wrong the Turn. Wrong Turn series oh, God, yeah. with Elijah Dusku, or I think, <laughs> from like Buffy. But yeah, so it's kind of like that. And I'm like, I didn't, I, what I found more creepy is trying to get out of the mental hospital and not draw attention to myself, yeah. you know? And that was like, I'm lost. Like the other one just felt um, <laughs> contrived. You know, and I, sure, and I, they I guess, tried to make it scarier. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the creepiness of Outlast was like, you're trapped in the dark. You can't see. You need to find batteries and you're trying to get out. And, you know, you, and then there's, you, you just, it gets crazier. But all, you can never fight back. You can only run. You can yeah. only hide. Yeah. You know, you're just trying to survive. And that's, uh, to me, those games have great jump scare, but they also, like, you can't put off too much sound, like you're saying. So they really, that game really, to me, is an effective use of sound. Dead by Daylight is too, and I, we, I talk about that all the time because when the killer's close, you can hear his heartbeat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and as he goes away, you can, that's how you can tell if he's going away. Um, and that's the same in Outlast when some, you're someone searching for you, you know, or you're trying to hide. 
There are really cool, I guess, disturbing horror or sanity-based game kind of mechanics. Yeah. And then we talked about like music and sound and jump scares and then this unstoppable force, you know, and there's also um, resource conservation or resource management, right? Just the different facets of what makes like the mechanics that horror writers or horror game designers use to make you tense. Um, and one of those is one where you are, um, you are not empowered. You are weak. You die. So like, again, the journalist and outlast where all you can do is run and call a Cthulhu. You get shot once you're toast, man. It's pretty like real life, right? You're not going to rise mm-hmm. up heroically. Yeah, it's it's really sort of like sort of like the antithesis of a lot of the games that we play, where oftentimes we step into the shoes of somebody who is a hero who can mm-hmm. fight off the horde. You know, Aragorn can uh, murder like a <laughs> you know like a hundred orcs um, or or whatever. But in, it's when you step into a character who is that you are entering a, the shoes of a character who as who is not who is not weaker than who is probably as weak as you it reminds you about your own helplessness which i think is um yeah. compelling and spooky yeah if you're in the if you're in an asylum or men, you know you want uh, uh, an outlast yeah you're like tim you're i mean you're a fighter uh, like you you were mar- a martial artist um you you could probably take a couple of uh, the inmates out but you couldn't take them all out Right, you know, um, and plus it'd be really scary, and they have nothing to lose, and you know, stuff like that. Me, I'm toast, man. I'm hiding under that bed. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Games podcast. To connect with your hosts, Michael or Tim, please go to designthinkinggames.com where you can request topics, ask questions, or see what else is going on. Until next time, game on.